Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Now, if you see me standing here today, you are looking at an individual who, at the age of 12, was mixed up with friends who were into saints worshiping. We could spend part of our break time sitting on tombstones by my JHS. We just be there playing cards, just relaxing. Now, at this point, I also... Relax in the cemetery. Yes, please. Sit on tombs and just relax. Then, at this point also, I picked the habit of drinking... Now, this continued into high school where I met more friends who taught me how to also smoke, fornicate, do all sorts of bad things. Now, at this point also, my, my relationship with my parents were, like, was bad. Every single time we are fighting, doing all sorts of things. I was, I've even been driven out of the house before. And now, when I got into the university, I continued these things. In my room, would have drink cups. You can even come and then we'll be distributing condoms at the gates. You know, you have, there are points where every single bed is paired up. People are having sex in the midst of other people. Now, during this time, the, what, another thing that started to happen is that people kept coming to my door. People from the church. From what church? From the First Love Church. They started coming to your door? Yes, they come in Kwapon. At that time. Alex Kwapon Hall. Alex Kwapon Hall, yes. University of Ghana, Lagos. Yes, please. Wow. Yeah. At at the time, Elder Edinam was the one who had a church there. Now, they kept coming. Sometimes they come, we listen to them. Other times they come, we bang the door at them. On Sundays, can come and invite us. But we'll be having a hangover. Like, we'll not even mind them. And it's, I don't know, at a point when they come to teach us, it's like, what they teach makes sense. I can understand what they are saying. I can relate to it. Like, it's, and I didn't experience that ever in my life. So, I started going for the midweek once in a while. But during one vacation, I was invited for um, a service where prophets preached at CC. And I don't remember how he preached, but all I could remember is that at a point when I, I was just in tears at the end of the message, and he made a great invitation. He invited me, he invited uh, people to come and give their life to Christ. He made an altar call. All I could find myself was that I was standing in front just crying. And You were standing in front crying? Yes, I was standing in front Someone crying. Someone who used to relax in the cemetery? Yes. You are the front of the church crying? Crying, very surprising. Yes. I was standing in front crying and after he prayed with us, he, he looked at me, he asked me that, will I serve God? And I said, yes. Then he asked me again and I said, yes. And from that time, it's like, I cannot recognize who I used to be anymore. You know, going forward, I, I moved from Copper to Pent. Even though I was in the church, I was trying to, like it was, uh, I was dwell, you know. And then at that point, um, Elder Edinam, introduced me to Opi Cadella, who also shepherded me. Now at the point, she appointed me as an elder. And I was like, hey, me. (laughs) 
I was very surprised because I was doing everything to fight it. So what do you do now in church? What do you do in the church? Now, now I'm in the Salvation Mission Crusade team and also I'm in the prayer service team and I'm in a sound ministry as well. Yeah. This yeah. young man was part of the team who organized our last crusade at um, um, Madina, Abenya. Amen. God changed his life from being a drunkard and a smoker to a crusade director. Put your hands together for the Lord. And I believe the same word is going to come today. And if you are here, I want you to open up your heart and receive Jesus. Your life can never be the same again. Put your hands together for powerful testimonies. Amen. Let's give a clap offering to the Lord. I hope this um, testimony will encourage you to know that it's always worth it to tell somebody about Jesus. The guy said that people kept going and going. You never know the soul, the friend, the person that you meet, the word that you sow into that person's life. How far that word will go that one day the person will give a testimony and thank God for your life that you spoke to him about Jesus. Amen. Let's give a clap offering to the Lord. And let's take our offering. Let's take a blessing, money to give to the Lord this afternoon. The Bible says that when... Jesus used Peter's boat to preach. He said thank you to Peter by telling Peter that cast your net, the same sea that Peter had told all night, and there was no fish. When Jesus said cast your net again, the Bible says that they had a handful. Their net was even breaking. So anytime you give to the Lord, he will say thank you to you by multiplying whatever you've given to him back to you in a hundredfold. Amen. So take out an offering and let's pray. Father, we thank you this afternoon. We thank you so much for bringing us here. We thank you that you are already here in our midst. Your presence is here. We say you are welcome, Holy Spirit. You are welcome, Jesus. Heavenly Father, you are welcome. Father, take our offering and bless it and use it for your glory. Even as you said thank you to Peter, by giving him, oh God, something that was more than what he even thought he could have. I pray that everyone that is given, as the scripture says, the money shall be pressed down, shaking together and running over. And I also pray, Lord, for someone who is here who genuinely wants to give, but they don't have any money to give. I pray that, Lord, you are the one that blesses. You are the one that sent ravens even to feed your prophet. Amen. You are the one that said that they, should, they will find a gold coin in the fish and they were able to find that gold coin in the fish. I pray that, Lord, you are our source of provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. I pray that you provide to them that next time when they come before your presence, they'll be able to have money to give to support your work. May our offering be pleasing before you this afternoon. This I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, your beloved son. Amen. Amen. Shall we give a clap offering to the choir as the minister? Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you know that there's nothing sweet like the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit has been given to us. The Bible says that He is our comforter, He is our guide, He is our help. We want to sing about the Holy Spirit this afternoon. And we would like you to just open up your heart and your minds and just receive from God. Receive this ministration and let the Lord Himself have His way in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Holy Ghost, do, do it again, do it again in my Let this be a prayer. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let God speak to you. Not me. Oh God, come upon us, Holy Spirit. Father, we ask you to make difference in our life this morning, oh God. Father, we cry and you say that, Lord, we amount to nothing but your Holy Spirit will work within us. This morning, we come with our mind and our soul and our body with one accord to seek your face, but nobody. Holy Spirit, only you alone. We ask you to take absolute control over this service. And we ask that, Lord, you speak to us. You speak to us that our lives yes, would never no. be the same. Yes, Father, as your word is about yes, to be ministered, Amen. let the weak be strong. Yes, Lord. Let the brokenhearted be healed. Amen. My God, let the blind see, Holy yes, Spirit. Lord. 
Let the deaf hear, oh God. Jesus. Father, let the one who has is broken be restored. Jesus. And let the unforgiven yes, be forgiven, Holy Spirit. This is what we ask in your name this morning. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Please put your hands together for the Lord. May you be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this offering that I was given. We ask you to bless it and sanctify it. We give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you have come to church with an expectation? How many of you, when you were living home, you prepared your mind, your soul, and said that, Lord, I'm coming to meet you, but not the man who is standing here preaching. But you are coming to meet Jesus Christ. If you prepared your mind like that, the body that you are seeing here, the stand, that is standing before you, Jesus is here. I said, Jesus is here. If only your eyes can see that. The Bible says that, let the eyes of the, of the earth be opened, that we may see the wondrous things. This is something that you have to prepare. This is something that you have to make up your mind, else you will not. Nathaniel, amazingly, one of the great disciples of Jesus Christ, said to himself, when his brothers approached him, he said, is there any good thing that can come from Nazareth? Is there anything good that can come from Manhattan Church? Someone whom we know who he is, how he is, how he used to behave, some of the things that he used to do. Is there anything good that can come out of him that can stand before us and minister to us? Until Nathaniel, he didn't believe. It's normal. It's okay. It's, it's the mind of a man. That's in the natural mind. It's normal. We have that. But when Nathaniel believed and went, then his mind was changed. He said, this is the Messiah. This is the Christ. This is the one that has been sent to deliver us. If we can see that, then we will see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our midst this morning. Is somebody hearing me? I'm about to share a word with you. Am I allowed? I have the microphone. And I can share. Hallelujah. By his grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Please. The service is started. And if everybody can sit tight for me, I will be happy. Something that our father loved to see, loved to hear. In his absence, let's conduct ourselves properly so that he will get a good report from us that even when he is not here, we behave better than when even he is here. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So please sit tight. And I just want you to focus of what is coming. And believe in the Lord. This morning, our daddy could not be here this morning. But he sent his love, his greetings to all of you. And he wants me to tell you that he loves you with all his mind, his soul, and his body. And he is praying for you wherever he is. For what he's doing is the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a good place to put your hands together. I also want to take this opportunity. It's my first time preaching in, in Manhattan Church on Sunday. And I want to take this opportunity to thank Bishop Doug Howard Mills. It's a good place to put your hands together. I believe every name that I mention are very important. There are people that are important in our life. And your life is also important. Hallelujah. I want to thank him for starting a church in Manhattan, New York. And through his obedience today, I am one of the pastors. Where I never thought... When I, when, when I try to describe my life, I don't think any book that can contain 
the descriptive of my life in the past. Hallelujah. But I am saved by his grace. Hallelujah. And I said, I am saved by his grace. And if me, standing here, can minister, church of God, you can do far better. I said, you can do far better. Hallelujah. Amen. I also want to thank Apostle Joel. Hallelujah. For his caring, for his love, for his obedience. By obeying the voice of the Lord, living from London to here, beginning, you know, starting the church. He did not disobey the voice of God. Through him, today, we have many churches in the North America to the point that even um, some islands also have churches. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I also want to thank Reverend Baden, whom took over from Apostle Joel in the time that he helped me to become more closer to God. Because through him, I learned how to do visitation. I learned a lot how to love people, know how to connect with people, know how to talk to them. And I, I give God the glory always for his life. And I thank God for him. I own my life to all of them. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I also own my life to Reverend Dr. Charles Osei. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. He is one of the greatest pastors I've ever worked with. He accepted me for who I am. He, he loves me as a son. We talk almost every other day. And he shows fatherly love to his son. Hallelujah. And I own my life to him one more time. Put your hands together for him. I also don't want to forget what the Lord has done in my life, what he's doing right now, how privileged I am to serve under the unction of Reverend Kwame Delcon. Hallelujah. Reverend, I've known Reverend for years, but when he went to New Jersey, our relationship became different because I started relating to him differently. Then he's in another level of his spirituality. Most of you can attest to it that how Reverend Kwame is, and I believe he is who he is now because of his service and hallelujah. Reverend Kwame will serve, he will, he will come and roll his sleeves. It doesn't matter what it is. He will clean. He will wipe. He will put garbages on his shoulder. He will do everything, everything in the house of God. Some of us who have been here for years, and I thank God for his life. Put your hands together for him, for his love. He's a man who cares for family, a man who always wants family to be together, a man who wants us to do well. So let us begin to see him and accept him and embrace him and love him. When we do that, we will see the anointing that is upon him. Hallelujah. There's an anointing upon him. Until you open your eyes to receive it, you may not. Hallelujah. Amen. I also want to thank all of you for sitting down listening to somebody like me, a Syrian, ready to be perished. Hallelujah. Like I said earlier in the first service, it's amazing. It's amazing that the church from the Holy Spirit, I'm seeing everybody sitting at the same spot. Joyce Adai comes and sits at the back, the, where she is, at the right-hand side. I remember when I joined the church for the first day, she had a friend. I can't remember her name. Very tall lady. She seemed to choose tall friends. And when I came to church, Josephat was sitting next to her, and I was the next person. Then my brother Ray was sitting at the end. And when I joined the church, she was, I guess she was one of the people who were talking to people. So we spoke. And she's be always sitting at the back there. 
everywhere we go, she seems to sit at the right hand side at the back. <laughs> it's a good sign. And it's a great thing. I see Michelle sitting at this corner, always at the edge. Doris, always. Somehow, Siobhan has changed. Siobhan used to sit at the back over there with the pole, where the pole is. Hallelujah. Antiphilly, always at this side. Mrs. Anjimedu, at the end, senior. <laughs> Hallelujah. Michael and Linda, always in the middle somewhere at the right hand. I'm observing everybody. And it's a good sign. It's a sign that something good has been established in this church for you to keep sitting here all these years. And I really want you to pursue and continue for God had greater things for you. Hallelujah. I say God have greater things for you. Hallelujah. You know, like I was saying to you earlier in the first service, life is designed in such a way that we are not to focus where we have started, but we are to focus where we are going. Our destination is where we should focus. It's like when you are flying in a plane. In the middle of the journey, you get bumpy. There, there are bumps, and some people get shaking. Now, you are not to focus on those bumpies. You are to focus on your destination, where God is taking you. Hallelujah. So let's do this work greatly. Let, let's continue to come. There are times that somebody will offend you in the church. It's okay. It's normal in the church, but let go quickly. Hallelujah. I said, let go quickly. Hallelujah. If you are here and nobody has ever offended you, I, I, I can't tell what kind of human being you are. You are, uh, sorry, a visitor. <laughs> you must be a visitor that no one will offend you. But if you have been in this church more than two, three years, including me, I have offended you. Like Reverend Kwame was saying last week, he says, we, we know that we are not perfect and we are not worthy to stand before you. And probably or presumably we have done things that didn't go well in the past. But we are asking for forgiveness. Please forgive us so that the work of the Lord and his Holy Spirit will manifest in our midst. And we will receive the blessings that pertains to us. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Is somebody hearing me? So let us dwell together in unity and in love. And I believe God will bless us. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Are you ready for what is coming? Please tune your mind, prepare your mind to the Holy Spirit and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, not my words. The title of my message today is called The Poison of... Let's do... Sorry, the... <laughs> the memory verse. The memory verse, please. Romans 8.38. Let's all say it together. For absolutely nothing on this earth is going to separate you from the love of Christ Jesus. As long as you remain in the house of God, the love of God will always be upon you. I say the love of God will always be upon you. Because the scripture says that, let's go back and say it again. Romans 8, 38. For I am not persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, verse 39, nor heights of death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, 
which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is a prophecy Paul is telling us that if we can yield to these things, no matter what, death may come. Things may happen. Situations may occur in your life. But the love of God will never depart from you. As long as you rest in his arms and believe that God is with you, which he has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. When this scripture becomes fulfillment in our life, then we, we can stand on this scripture and declare that indeed, in every situation that we encounter, the love of God is still with us. I say the love of God is still with us. Hallelujah. Do you think it can be homework or we can... <laughs> This is our assignment this Sunday. Next week, when we come, we will close it and say it before Reverend lead us <laughs> to the next scripture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I have a message that I'm preaching to myself, and I'm believing that if I preach to myself and you also believe that you are in the same situation, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will touch your heart to be repented. Hallelujah. Because we come to church because we want our lives to be better. The reason why we come to church is because to seek the face of the Lord. To seek the face of the Holy Spirit who is our helper. Hallelujah. And if we believe that he is our helper, then he is going to help us today. Hallelujah. I said Holy Spirit is going to help us today. Hallelujah. I want to talk about the poison of unforgiveness. What unforgiveness does to us as Christians. Many of us have been in this church or have been Christians for a very long time and have still not seen the blessings of the Lord upon our life. But as Christians, we are entitled to have every blessings of the Lord and many of us have prayed for so many things to happen in our life and still have not seen for years. Then we ask ourselves, is it the pastor who is not anointed or is the church that the Holy Spirit is not here? But I have come to realize that it depends on us how we see God who he is to us. If we begin to see God, that he came, that our sins will be forgiven and we embrace him, then the blessings of the Lord will come to us because he said that he came that we will have life and have it what? More abundantly. Hallelujah. That is the scripture. And the word of God has never failed. I am not preaching that you can have points. I just want to have a conversation with you so that we can touch one another's hearts so that the Holy Spirit will minister unto us this morning. Hallelujah. So I defined what unforgiving is and the dictionary gave me a simple definition saying that a simple definition of unforgiveness is grudged against someone who has offended you is there anybody here that somebody has offended you before i see two three four five six seven somebody you should lift up both your hands and your legs you should be hanging because we have been offended many times many times hallelujah but I tell you what, God is about to change our life. Your aiming is so weak, you don't believe me. I say God is about to change our life this morning. Amen. 
The, another definition is not having the compassion to forgive. Not having compassion to forgive. Some of us have said to ourselves that I have forgiven you. However, when we see the same person making the same mistake, it triggers everything that you said. For whatever reason, as a matter of fact, the person becomes anointed figure to you. This is serious. This is where bitterness comes in. I'm talking to the church. The church is quiet, but I want you to respond to me. I'm, I'm sharing, and I really want us to get understanding of what is happening in our life. Hallelujah. Amen. Many of us have said to one another, you've done this to me, I have forgiven you. But when we come next week, the person will not talk to you for three days, for three consecutive weeks. He has not talking to you. For one month, he has not called you. And he said, she said, she has forgiven you. This is going on. This is something that is going on at home. Can, can the rest, please, if you don't mind. Home. To the point where couples are living at home saying that they have forgiven each other, but they have not. They have not. That is why there is a demarcate between their beds. When they sleep, there is a gutter that is separated both of them. One's back is this way, the other is on that way because of unforgiveness. So when they plan to do things and it doesn't go well, they think Satan is in their house. But what they don't know, they have allowed themselves for Satan to dwell in them because of unforgiveness. In the church, where people feel like outside there, it is not easy to be. They've tried everything out there. Didn't go well with them. Then somebody went out and ministered to them, told them that when they come to church, all will be well. There ago, when they came, they find someone that they step on their toe. And the person began to say all sorts of things about them. So they feel like, where else should I go? I was out there, they didn't work with me. And I came into the place where they say there is peace. The Bible said that in the house of God there is liberty, there is peace, there is understanding, there is love. There is love. Where is that love when we do not talk to one another? Reverend is preaching how we can have faith relationship. Church, it's not just a message hearing. It's a message of doing. It's a message of talking to one another. A family that talk, not talk together cannot stand. If we call ourselves Manhattan Kodesh family, we have called ourselves a family. Let the definition of a family be defined over our lives. Let somebody enter church and see Christ in us. Let somebody new come to church and feel comfortable. At the end of the service, he will say to himself, I will come back to serve the Lord. When I went to Bridgeport, I purpose on my heart to pray for the love of God. I pray this prayer every day for the love of God. By the grace of God, I have people 
who love one another, who talk to one another, who call each other. There's no place that you call yourself is my permanent seat. Everybody comes, everybody go around, everybody hug, everybody talk, everybody asks, how was your week? That is the love of God. You can never be in Bridgeport Kodesh family and not talk to one another. You can never be in Manhattan church and not talk to one another by calling yourself faith family. By calling yourself faith family is the message being preached by our Father manifesting in our life. Is it working within us? Are we coming together as Paul and Silas when they were put into prison? The disciples came together with one accord, with love, with understanding. And the Bible said that when they lifted up their lamentation and prayed, chains were broken. Sickness is among us. It is not going away because of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a chronic disease. Unforgiveness is a deadly sickness. It's lazier. Lazy. Can you define to me what is diabetes? What does it do to our body? Knee or anti-ama? Either one of you. Or anti-vero. One of you. Can you get a microphone, please? I just want them. Kofi, can you also project for me? I read something about a lady called Karen Schwarz. She is not a Christian. Neither does she believe in the word of God. As a matter of fact, she is a psychologist. She doesn't believe. But let us see what she says about unforgiveness. What it does to our body. Now let's read this first. It says, conflict, does, conflict doesn't just weigh down the spirit. It can lead to physical issues. Physical issues. So you have chronic disease. You have a spiritual diabetes in you because you have purpose that you will never forgive your sister. You will never forgive your brother. You will never forgive your own daughter. Neither would you forgive your mother or your father who has given birth to you. By the way, you did not raise yourself. Somebody nurtured you for you to be where you are today. Irrespective of how he raised you. He probably didn't do well. Neither did he take care of you. Still, he is your father. Still, he is your mother. Please, find in your heart and to forgive that person and your life will be different. I said your whole life will turn around. Is somebody hearing me? Do we really want to experience the anointing that is placed into this church? That is upon our father, Reverend Kwame, who loves so much for a family to be flourished. When you talk to him, he's very entrepreneur. He's someone who loves everybody to do well. No matter how much you have, you may have $20 if you talk to him. He can help you to double that to, to become $2,000. That is the kind of father he is. It is also an anointing. Everybody has their own anointing. Some people have the anointing of healing. Some people have the anointing of restoring what the enemy has stolen from you. No matter how much you have, no matter how much your bank account is, if you sit down and you talk to him, somehow, miraculously, he finds a way to make your bank account flourish. It is also an anointing. Is somebody here? It's a good place to put your hands together. So he says, but these steps from a John Hopkins expert can help you move toward forgiveness and better health. That means when you forgive, 
When you forgive your sister, Lady Pastanita, your whole health gets to the way God created you, how God wants you to live, because of the power of forgiveness. It's simple. Power of forgiveness. The reason why you are in the same predicament, the same way your pain is still not going, the same way your issues, the same way your home, there's no peace, the same way your children are doing some way, is because of unforgiveness. The woman who you thought could have done you better disappointed you. It's okay. Such is life. Move on. But let go quickly. I said let go quickly. If you want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit, let go quickly. And until that is depart from you, church, I can assure you, no matter how long, how many hours we stand and pray, no matter how many hours we fast, no matter how many hours we do things, it shall not go nowhere. Because that is the key for our prayers to be answered by the Holy Spirit. Is somebody hearing me? I'm preaching about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can never go wrong with that. As long as God has spoken in the Bible, that is what I'm declaring to you. If you can embrace it today, greater things will happen in this auditorium. I say, if we can take this message and walk in with it and begin to relate with one another, everything that you have decided to do in your life shall go well. Some of you, or somebody is here, that your husband, something that is not going well with him, forgive him. Forgive him. That might be your test. That might be your cross. That might be your cross that God wants you to carry. Carry that cross and begin to seek the face of the Lord. Prepare your heart to forgive him. God will turn your hearts. God will turn those situations back in the name of Jesus. It says, whether it's simple spat with, a, with your spouse or long-held resentment toward a family member or friend, unresolved, conflict can do deeper than may realize. Conflict, conflict can what? Go deeper. Conflict can go deeper than you may realize. It may be affecting your physical health. This thing I'm reading it's not from a prophet. It's not from a minister. It's not from an evangelist. Neither is it from a teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's from a psychologist, a psychiatrist who did the studies and put this out there. Church, it's not everything that can be resolved through medical. Certain things you are bringing it to yourself. So many diseases that you carry with you it is not of Satan, but you have brought it to yourself. Decide that you will let go today. Decide that you will talk to somebody today. Decide that somebody who has stepped on your toes, that has caused pain, caused pain to you. But you will let go. I said, say, I will let go. Say, I will let go. Irrespective of what, I will let go. I will not allow offenses to take my blessings away from me. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't allow. Please. I'm speaking to you because I love you. I'm speaking to you because this has helped me to be where I am today. Many years ago, Satan tried to take my family away from me. 
He tried to take my marriage away from me. He tried to steal my marriage away from me. My children away from me. I became very angry because all that I said to myself is, Lord, I love you and I want to marry. So I went somewhere, find a wife. And when I brought the wife, chaos. Things happened. Everything was falling down. Everything was going the other way around. And I asked myself, Lord, I pay my tithes. I do everything that I do. Prior to that, something that has happened, then I keep pounding on it. That error is what I was pressing on. That mistake is what I was pressing on. That, that bad thing that has happened is what I was dwelling on at the time. Until the Holy Spirit revealed to me. For years, I did that. And I noticed that instead of me, instead of me, instead of me going like this, going like that, going like this, I was going that way. My life was going that way. It was going down and down and down until the Holy Spirit revealed to me, you can do nothing until you forgive your family. That was the voice. I can do nothing until I forgive the one that I love. Whom God has given to me. That might be my cross. Could it be that if I decided to hold on to that grudge today, what I have purpose to do for God may not come to pass. And let me give you a testimony. Pastor, you have not read the scripture. You're talking. I'm preaching to you. If only you can have the ear to hear, your life will change from today. I said your life will change from today. Something happens to me. Terrible. And I was wondering where come at this. I've seen doctors upon doctors. I work with great doctors in the, in the entire North America. I deal with, I go to their office and tell them I can attest to it. She came to my office and she saw she was like, hey, great doctors. I have Dr. Lenke. I have Lawrence Roland. I named them Emery. I have Kenneth Ford. Doctors whose name are in globally in the world. They took care of me. One point. I have eight doctors with me alone in the operating room for a small procedure where others have been healed. Others have been recovered easily. It's a quick surgery that takes about 45 minutes. 45 minutes in the operating room, ins and out, from the incision in and incision out. It takes only 45 minutes. It took eight hours on my end. And at the end, at the end, they found nothing. They said, Mr. Dankwa, there's nothing wrong with you. Your intestines are 100% perfect. You are like a baby. Look, I, they thought I have a perforation. My intestine was perforated. They opened my, sto my stomach. And they did laparotomy. After that, I was in the hospital for months. For several years, Reverend prayed. Prophet Kakra prayed. Name them Bishop Doug Hayward Mills. Look, uh, Bishop Interfo. He has a place in his house. When I go to Ghana by the grace of God, he will meet me at the airport and he will bring me straight to his house. He says, you are not going anywhere. You are staying in my house. A place where he has reserved for Bishop to sleep. When I went to his house, he says, Pastor Nana, this is, then I wasn't even a pastor. He says, Nana, this is where you're going to sleep. I said, Bishop, why? He says, that's where I want you to sleep. Because he believed that if I'm there, everything will be restored. I was there. 
Bishop Ishmael. Named all the bishops. Everybody came. They prayed. Still, they didn't understand. Then one day I was praying on my own. I went to the upper room. I lifted up my hands unto God. <laughs> and I cried unto him. I said, please show me. Why am I going through this? Then he told me, let go. Today, you will receive your, by the grace of God. When the Lord answered me, I went to the hospital. They did all sorts of tests. They said, nothing wrong with you. Many of you don't know. I have been in pain every day coming to church, sitting down right behind Reverend Osei for many years. But you see, I put laughter in my face. Meanwhile, I have a burden that I was holding, holding against my wife, against my family, because of what has happened. The Holy Spirit ministered to me, let go. I went, I said, it is well with us. God is with us. Whatever it is, I trash it. I trample over it. I stamp on it. And every chain that the enemy has used to bang me, every chain right away was broken down. I say this to glorify the name of the Lord. Is somebody hearing me? Are you being blessed by the testimony? Are you going to go home and let it go right away? You re do you really want to live? Do you want to have a good health? I am giving you the solution to your problem. The poison of unforgiveness. It's a poison. It's a deadly disease. Something that is destroying you gradually. If you don't let go, not only that, you will destroy your health. Also, you will lose your salvation. The most important thing, you will lose it. If I were you, I would go back and reconcile. Most of us take communion, and we don't understand why we take communion. We have brought domination unto ourselves by the, by the unforgiveness that is within us and coming before the table and being partakers of the communion. You, you have brought domination. It's a curse. Because of the unforgiveness. Now, he says here, Studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health. Because we have where it's gone. It's, it's not touch screen. <laughs> Forgive, Lord. Wonderful. It's okay. I think I saw it. Go back, please. Kasuta la bashandele broske bretomasika bayandara baba. Okay, right there. Stay there. It says, the good news. Studies, you see, this is the good news that we're about to hear. The person writing this once again is not a believer. Neither is he a, she a Christian. Studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health. Lowering the risk of heart attack. The unforgiveness is a chronic disease that brings heart attack. Hey, do we know that? Did we know that? Please, don't hold any grudge against anybody. If you want to live long, by letting it go, you are adding another 30 years to your age. I said, by letting it go, you are about to add another 30 years. If God 
has predestined you to live for 17 years, then you probably might have 100 years. And you will be at 100 with ease, without struggling in Jesus' name. Look at that. Risk of heart attack. Improving cholesterol levels and sleep. How many of you hear that your cholesterol level is not normal? Begin to evaluate yourself. Begin to, to analyze yourself, whom you have not forgiven. Church, forgiveness is not to the benefit of the offender, but it's to your own. Father, forgive us. I say, Lord, forgive us. Amen. Unforgiveness is a sin that causes Christians to think or do evil. Unforgiveness is a sin that causes Christians to do or act evilness in our life. Some of us, because of unforgiveness and somebody is talking to you, you plan evil against that person. And it is Satan. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spirit that comes to your mind for you to act like that. Let's read something about Esau. So when you go home, you cannot say that we didn't read the word of God. <laughs> is somebody hearing me? I'm hoping that you're taking something out of this message. Genesis chapter 27 verse 41 to 44. How Esau held unforgiveness for his brother Jacob. Listen to this. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, you see, because of unforgiveness, right away he's meditating evil. He's thinking evil, what he can do to hurt his brother whom he lived with. I'm talking about a bloodline here. You don't know what the unforgiveness can cause you to do. If you press on with unforgiveness, you will do evil things to the one that God has given to you. The one that you're supposed to love. The one that you're supposed to relate with. The one that you yourself chose to be your spouse. Because of unforgiveness. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. He didn't even say, would I say something bad about him? But to slay, to kill him. Unforgiveness is a murdering. You can murder when you have the spirit of unforgiveness in your mind. It's like the spirit of fear. And it is the spirit of fear that brings the spirit of unforgiveness. You see, what Satan is doing is that he makes you feel like you are the best, you are the boss. Don't forgive that person after all that he has done to you. But what you don't know is that you are doing yourself a favor by forgiving that person. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith the father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning of my father in this verse, verse 42. And these words of Esau 
Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah, who is the mother, and she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, that comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. He thought he was doing himself a favor, comforting himself by just killing. Can you imagine? That is the First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded us to see the goodness of God. Satan will let your eyes see only evil things, thinking that you are doing good for yourself. He will tell you, go. You, your husband has done something that is not good. Take him to court. So that you can have all the properties for yourself. Church, when you die, you're not taking those things with you. You will leave those things behind. And impossible that you can lose your salvation. It is true. We don't control what he has done wrong. It's not good. But God is saying, let go. Let go and let go quickly before something else come over you. Forgiveness made easy. It's a book which is written by our father, Bishop Darkwood Mills. Read that book. Your life will never be the same. Verse 43. See this. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise. Flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran. Rebecca is telling his son, run away. Because I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose your life. And tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away. Some of us, we have fury in us. The word of God has ministered unto us several times. Telling us to repent, to change, to refrain. We are not yielding to the voice of God. We are waiting till something terrible happens. Then he said, it is too late. Church, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Satan does not want anything good of you. But he is looking for your death and to die in sin. And tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away. This is the counseling the mother is giving. This is the counseling you have heard from this pulpit over and over and over from many pastors, from prayer meetings, from everywhere that let go. Tarry there, but yield yourself to the word and let the Holy Spirit minister to you that your life will be restored. You will live for many years. Chronic disease will go away when you tarry and hear the word of God. When you allow the word of God to minister unto you. In a church, somebody will offend you. Somebody will step on your toes. Somebody will say something that you don't like. Somebody will by all means. If you don't experience these things, I cannot tell what kind of human being you are. That is why Jesus Christ, because as a human being, as long as you have the air to breathe, eyes to see, you will be offended. The only one that cannot be offended is a dead body. I said the only one who cannot be offended is what? Dead body. Because dead body can neither hear, nor feel, nor taste, nor smell. <laughs> True or false? So I'm hoping that you are getting something good out of the message. Esau 
held unforgiveness for his brother Jacob. You have to have compassion. And by having compassion is the only key that will help you for your, your prayer. Or that will help you to have pity on yourself. Matthew chapter 18 verse 32 to 35. Matthew. Matthew 18, 32, 35. Then this Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgive thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. You see, this is someone whose master has gone somewhere, borrowed money from the master, and could not pay. A lot of money. A lot. When I say a lot, a lot of money. Then his master had forgiveness. On his side. Now see what happened. Verse 33. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. This is somebody who owns someone a lot of money. He could not pay. He was struggling, and the master decided to kill him and kill his family, the entire family. That is what he decided to do. Now, he cried unto the master and said, please, Lord, I have no money. I have nothing in me. I cannot afford to pay, but please, if you can forgive me, if you can forgive me. The master had leniency on him. The master had pity on him, and he let go. Immediately that he let go, he walked out. He walked out. And he found someone who owns him. And what the person owns is just a penny. This is what happens in a church. Jesus Christ came from his heaven. He came and died for me and you. He sacrificed his body. He sacrificed his, his, his whole body, his nakedness before public. He was completely naked. Look at the graphic that you see from that movie. It's not, that is not what it is. Read the Bible and see how Jesus Christ was crucified. He was but naked. Some children are here. I would have said something. He was completely naked. He didn't look how beastly we have been to him. How bad we have been. How wicked we have been to him. How ignorant we have been by not hearing his ways. How disobedient we have been and not obeying his commandments. He overlooked at those and came and died a brutal death for that me and you, we can have salvation. That me and you, our life will be free. That me and you, that we will be saved in the name of Jesus. That's exactly what happened. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. Verse 34. And his Lord was wrath. Now the anger came upon him and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Church, let me give you the revelation of what is happening here. Hell is real. And if we cannot forgive, God will give us to the tormentors. And that tormented place is hell. 
Hell is real. It's eternal fire, a place where we will be tormented. If we do not forgive one another, forgiveness made easy. It's a poisonous, something that can poison your life for you to lose your salvation. Forgiveness is a deadly disease that can cut your days short. Forgiveness is a deadly sickness that can destroy your family, that can destroy your relationship, that can destroy the greatness that is in our midst. Forgiveness can cause us to miss our blessings that has placed into this auditorium. Forgiveness is a deadly disease. Put your hands together for the Lord. You can let go quickly. Let go. So that you will live well. So that I said you will live well. I said you will live well. Amen. I have three minutes. I want to read something to you. Why you and I should forgive. Why? Romans 8, 28. And somebody opens to Matthew 18, 7 to 9. God with his infinite wisdom, allows certain things to happen in our way. Church, offenses may by all means come. There is a reason why Christ said that offenses may come. But God is teaching us something here. Can you read Matthew first? Matthew 18, 7 first, please. Woe unto the world because of what? Woe unto the world because of what? It's a warning. It's a curse that God is laying upon us. For it, it must need to be that offenses come. So if I'm standing here and I'm telling you, you are a human being and you'll be offended, don't tune me out thinking that I'm making it up. It's a scripture. And it's documented. 2,000 years ago, people read. Today we are reading it. So it is so true. It must needs to be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offenses come at. Some of you, many people have tried their best to forgive you, but you keep causing the same thing over and over to test their faith. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. He said, woe unto them. It means you that are continually Pressing on to offend someone so that that person will lose his salvation. Careful. Curse is coming upon you. God wants you to change. God wants you to refrain from the things that you are doing that is becoming hindrance for someone to receive Christ as his personal savior. If your presence is becoming hindrance to somebody to receive Christ, be careful. Begin to evaluate your life. Begin to start seeing who you are before Christ. Don't let Satan come into you. Don't allow Satan to use you. You are precious before the eyes of the Lord. And you are very expensive to God. And he does not want to lose you. Romans chapter 8. How many minutes do I have, please? Romans 8, 28. So, God allowed these things to happen because he knows it will come. Offenses will by all means come. But why did God allow it so? Why? 
Listen, your faith must be tested as a Christian. If it does not happen, then you will not see the manifestation and the glory of God. And we cannot give testimony about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ must be testified. We have to see the resurrection power of Christ so that our faith will be tested. Our faith must be tested for the power of resurrection to be manifested over us. You should be able to say to yourself, my body is crucified with Christ. This body cannot be sensitive, but I will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit, church, everything that I'm saying, there's no way that we can do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to forgive one another. We need Holy Spirit to help us to overcome our offenses. We need Holy Spirit to relate with one another. The help of the Holy Spirit, the church will grow. Sickness will be healed. Poverty will be restored. Every diagnosis that the doctors have diagnosed over your life, if you decide today to forgive and you go for another test, you will receive your breakthrough. Somebody will come and give a testimony after this message. Because I can see that you are going back to tell this man. There's a man that you are going to tell him, I'm sorry that I have held this all against you all these years. I didn't know by holding on to this, it's really taking my blessings away from me. Somebody, you are here. You are doing well. You are doing great. Certain things that you are doing is working well, but there's more that God wants to do in your life. And because of that unforgiveness, God cannot give it to you. But if you let go today, the Holy Spirit will help you. The Spirit of the Lord. Church, my time is up. I'm not out of words, but I am out of time. If I get opportunity, I may continue. Put your hands together and let's stand up in the name of the Lord. Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit come and take control of every situation that has trouble. my all my cares and Let this be your prayer today. God is about to do wonders in your life. Your life is changing right now by singing this, taking the word of God with you, and embracing this message. God is changing you. God is changing your destiny. He's changing your life. Oh yes, yes. Can we please have the words? Of every situation, every situation that has troubled your life is changing right now. Oh my Oh, I don't know what curses that has come upon you. I don't know what sickness. I don't know what pain. Call upon the name of the Lord and he will answer you. Cry out to Jesus and he will heal you. Send this song to glorify his holy name and the Lord will heal you. God is changing you right now. God is changing somebody. God is turning your heart to him. God is changing you. Yes. Let your living waters. I need a drama. Let your living waters flow.
your children receive life let the spirit of the lord come over them father cleanse us from all unrighteousness in the areas where we fall short lord we ask you to exalt us in the areas where we have been so ignorant lord we ask you to bring us closer to you in the areas where we have fell far from you lord we ask that we become more closer and closer and be further and further away from the things of this world father we ask you to help us oh god Help us with your help. Deliver us from chronic disease. Deliver us, oh God, from spiritual diabetes. Deliver us, oh God, from the wickedness. For the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But you have come that you will give us life and give us more abundantly. Let everyone here receive life in the name of Jesus. Let everyone here. Receive life in the name receive of Jesus. Let of everyone here receive healthy life the in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh. Father, we thank you and we bless you. We honor you. We give you all the glory and honor. We give you the praise and adoration in Jesus' name that we pray. And let every saint say, Amen. 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 
Please put your hands together for the Lord. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.